Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org slash OC. We're going to jump right in. I'm so excited about this. Um, today I'm talking about the topic, where do I belong? Where do I belong? Romans 1, 5 through 6 says this, through whom we have received the grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all these nations, including you, say you, which means you, including you who are called to belong to Jesus, including you who are called to belong to Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, you belong. Do it in a socially distanced way. If you have to put your mask back on, well, you should wear it anyways, do it. Um, Say, you belong, you belong. Um, I think that there's this very deep thing in which all humanity desires to belong somewhere. We all desire to belong. You know, in Orange County, people love to brag about what gym they belong to, right? It's like the first thing they say. Um, I don't belong to a gym, haven't worked out since high school, so let me get that out of the way, all right? I know I look good, but it's all a facade. I just wear really tight shirts to suck it in, you know? Um, but you introduce yourself to someone in Orange County. They're like, yeah, I belong to Orange Theory. You're like, okay. You don't even get their name. You just get their health club. You know, ah, oh, 24 hours for Equinox. You know, if you're at Equinox, you know that you're like, oh, I need to hang out with that guy, you know, right? Or, or it may be like memberships. Back in the day, um, I don't know if you guys remember this as if I'm like, you know, but like the Blockbuster membership card. You guys remember that? That used to be a badge of honor. Or a badge of disaster if you had kids who lose the movies, you know, because they scan your card and they're like, you've got a $100 bill from that movie you lost six years ago, you know. But like the Blockbuster, it's a membership card, right? We carry it, why? Because, oh, I belong to Blockbuster. I belong to this. We love to belong. People do crazy things to belong. You know, a college campus, we don't want to talk about that. But what they do to belong to these different things, they'll go through torture, they'll go through, why? Just to belong. I just want to belong to something. Our new, the new version of belonging is what we subscribe to. We all subscribe to something. Man, I can't, but my checking account is empty every month because of all the subscriptions we have. I'm like, where does the money go? Well, Netflix and Disney Plus and ESPN Plus and all these pluses. I'm like, I don't think this is adding to my life. It's subtracting. I have no more money. It's all gone, right? Because we like to subscribe. We subscribe to YouTube channels. We subscribe to people on Instagram and on Twitter. And it's all that we feel like we belong to them somehow. There's this sense of belonging, there's a sense of, I, I, I want to find a place where I fit, yeah. where, I, where, where I connect, where I can align with. There's a membership that I like to, I will pay a fee if that means I get to belong to this thing, this club, this, this channel, whatever it may be, because we want to belong. I, I like to argue that it's one of the greatest needs in the human condition to feel like we belong. Yeah. Why do we think the holidays can be so difficult? Because family is the place you're supposed to belong. And we all know sometimes even in family, we don't feel like we belong. We don't feel like we fit. We don't feel like it connects. It feels like we're kind of all over the place and we, we avoid the dinner time. Why? Because we don't want to argue with mom and dad. We're supposed to belong to mom and dad. We're supposed to belong. That's this desire. That's this want. That's this need. So in Romans 1.5, Paul is saying there's an invitation that's been sent out to all of us. We have all received this invitation, and if you don't know it yet, guess what? You will receive it today, to belong to Jesus Christ. The Webster's Dictionary would define belonging to be this, to be the property of, to be attached to, 
and to be a member of, to be the property of. So guess what? If you belong to Christ, guess what? Who doesn't own you anymore? You. We'll get there though. Don't worry. We'll get there. Little, little, little fast forward. To be the property of, to be attached to, to be a member of. The Greek word belong is actually just a prefix. It's, it's, it's not a full word. So when you see belong to Jesus, it's all one word. To belong to Jesus is one word. But the prefix means this, to be identical, to exist, to happen, and to be in place. It's actually to, to fit into place, to exist. It's to have the identity of something. So when it's saying belong to Jesus, it's saying to exist in Jesus, to fit into place with Jesus, to, 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 to be identical of Jesus. Now this is gonna be deeper, we're getting there, but understanding there's an invitation to belong, you belong to Jesus. Paul understood this concept of belonging. If you don't know the story of the Apostle Paul, it's pretty, pretty crazy. He was a murderer of Christians. He was a, a Pharisee of the highest regard. He said he was the top of his class. So he, he knew his Bible better than any of you, better than me. This dude knew his word. He was, he was the top of his class. He could quote scripture. He could tell you the, the rituals. He could tell you the routines. He could tell you the sacrifices. And he had a passion and a zeal to uphold that. And it went so far to where he would murder Christians, the people he thought was tearing down his righteousness. He has this moment. He goes on the road to Damascus to go kill some more Christians. And God shows up. Jesus shows up. It blinds him, knocks him off his horse. And he says, I am the person that you are persecuting. He, he goes to this guy's name, Ananias' house, where he prays for three days. They, 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 he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, we talked about that with Pastor Ben. He activates the gift. The scales fall off his eyes. He changes his name from Saul to Paul, which would have been his more Roman citizen name, where he would have actually been able to, 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 to connect with people that were Gentiles, that were not Jews. And because his calling was no longer to the Jew, it was the Jew first, but then to the Gentile. God, has, God was using Paul to open the door for the Gentile believers to come into play. So you you and I are a byproduct of Apostle Paul's mission, mandate on his life to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Guess what? We are a byproduct of the door that was open to his obedience. So we've got to understand who Paul was. This guy had credentials. This guy had something to brag about. This guy had a really, really dope Instagram bio. <laughs> And that's like how you know someone today, right? Like this guy's Instagram bio, he's like, I used to be Saul, now I'm Paul. Like artist formerly known as Saul, right? Like I'm Paul. Now. So I, he was a SoundCloud rapper, right? If you know, I'm a youth pastor, so whatever, right? So artist formerly known as Saul, I'm Paul now, right? I used to be a Pharisee, but now I'm a preacher. Come on, and he starts going, and his whole body, it's dope, right? This is Saul. But look at how Saul, who could brag about all of it, identifies as himself in Romans chapter one. Here goes, Romans one, verse one says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Paul understood where he belonged in the equation with Jesus. He was a servant. His identity was not his responsibility. We like to find our identity and our responsibility with God. He says, I am a servant of Christ Jesus, then I'm I am called to be an apostle. See, what you could be called to do in a season may change, but your identity as a servant must always stay the same. Paul understood that I am a servant. When I belong to Christ, this is what it means to belong, is that I become a servant of Christ. A servant. Now, now this is, 
this is gonna really, we're gonna go deeper and deeper. We have to understand that in the Roman society, 70% of all of the population of Rome and the Roman Empire would be slaves. 70%. And the word that he uses as a servant is the word doulos, which means a slave. Now, for us, that's a different meaning. For them, it, most of the slaves would be those who, who had a debt they could not pay. So they would indebt themselves to a person, work for them so they could work their debt off. And it was actually an occupation. So most of it wasn't trading slaves. It was a self, they self-identified as that. So 70% of this population would self-identify as this because they had a price on their life they could not pay. So when Paul says, I am a servant of Christ Jesus, he has a deeper meaning and understanding. There was a price that I could not pay on my own life, so I'm choosing to subject myself to the one who paid the price for me. This is it. Paul's identity far transcended his role. We love to have our role in church and life with people. Guess what? Your role will always proceed, has to uh, go after your identity. Because if it becomes your identity, that's when we miss things. That's when things become self-serving instead of us serving God. We want the, our, our responsibility to be the thing that gets us what we want rather than being the person that we serve to be, get us to where we want to go. So you could be someone who cleans toilets and guess what? Doing a responsibility, yet your identity is still serving Jesus. Doesn't matter if I have the stage. Doesn't matter if people know me. Guess what? My identity is not attached to my responsibility. My responsibility is birthed from my identity. So his identity was that he was a slave to Jesus, a servant to Jesus. Servant being a strong term meaning slave, it conveys the idea of complete and utter devotion. He belongs to Christ. This is what it means to belong. If you wanna belong to Christ, you have to understand it's a life of being a servant to Christ. Now, the, the good thing about Jesus is that he's someone that you serve. He's not telling you something he didn't already do. It says Christ came to serve, not to be served. So Christ came and subjected himself to our human condition, served us, so then we can now walk in servanthood to him. We are servants because Christ first served us. We see that in, in, in Galatians 1.10, it says, For I am now, I'm not seeking the approval of man, but of God. Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. It shows you what it means to be a servant. Your allegiance begins to change. You are not living for your, your opinion of yourself or your parents' opinion of you or your friend's opinion of you. you now, your, your allegiance begins to change because you now belong to Jesus. I am a servant. What was a servant's role? A servant's role was to bear burdens and to bring blessings. Jesus bore the burden of our sin and brought us the blessing of life. So we as servants of Jesus are supposed to do the same things. We should be those who bear people's burdens and bring the blessing of life. Why? Because we are servants of Jesus. His identity was a servant. I belong to Jesus. We don't belong to us. We now belong to Jesus. Now, this is, this is the hard part because if we don't belong to Jesus and we're not a servant of Jesus, then what are we a servant of? We are a servant of our own self-destructive patterns. Look at Romans 1. Look at the end of Romans 1. I'm not gonna read it. I'll let you go study it. Read the end of Romans 1 and he says, I gave you up to a debased mind, which basically what he's saying, I let you do what you wanna do and then this is what it produces in your life. Self-destructive patterns. We serve our self-destructive patterns or we serve Christ who now reinvents our patterns of life. 
He changes it, transforms it, gives us new patterns, gives us new way of living. But we have to understand that we are a servant of Christ or we are a servant of our self-destructive patterns. Now, some of us, we don't think, I don't have self-destructive patterns. Yes, you do. That's called pride. (laughs) You do have it. It's okay, though. We love you, right? Because guess what? There's no good news without first bad news. Can I tell you the bad news today? It's like, well, you came to church. Yeah, I want to hear it, you know? This is the bad news. You are not the solution. You are the problem. This is the issue. We think that we are the solution. When God is crying out to tell you, no, no, you are the problem. Your mom's not the problem, okay? She may be crazy, but she's not the problem. Your aunt, she's not the problem. Your, your, your heritage is not the problem. Your economic wealth or lack of it isn't the problem. What happened to you as a kid is not the problem. Those things can contribute, but I have to understand, we have to take responsibility for our own walk with God because to become a servant is to choose that identity. So will I serve the self-destructive patterns that have constantly sent me in a cycle of just tail spinning everywhere, even if it was somebody else who did something to me, it, is, it requires me to look myself in the mirror and say, I am the problem. I am the problem. Your pastor is not the problem. Well, they're not feeding me. He's not the problem. We are the problem, not the solution. That's the bad news. We cannot do this on our own. We may want to, we may try, and guess what? As we try, we'll realize more and more, oh, I can't do this. C.S. Lewis says this in Mere Christianity. He says, I want you to try to do things that Christ tells you to do on your own for 21 days. And he says, at the end of those 21 days, you'll realize, I can't do this. It's actually a part of our journey that sometimes we actually do have to try to do it because we'll realize, oh, I, I need God. And that doesn't stop. That doesn't there's not a point where we get to our, in our Christian walk that we no longer, we, we become the solution to our problems. Paul it says, I'm a servant. It's just my identity. So I will always be the one who's looking to the solution. The one who bore my burden of sin. The one who brought me the blessing of life. The one who gave me his grace. Who gave me his love. Only in him can I find what I need. I am not the solution. I'm the problem. We are the problem. We are called to belong to Christ. The call is an invitation. I, I, you know, you ever get an evite? I don't understand evites. I always miss, you know, mess it up. But you get an evite, right? Well, come to the party. Come, come to this. Christ has sent out an invitation. He sent out an evite to you. He's saying it is available to everyone, to you. He's, I love how personal Paul says it's to you who belong. So let me tell you today, there's an invitation that's being given to you today, not by me, but by Jesus saying, you can belong to me. You've been searching your entire life to belong, to be a part of something, to, be, to, to, to fit in. God is saying, I am calling you to fit into my family, to fit into relationship with me. I am calling you to belong to me. If you want to receive it, you can. If you don't, guess what? I'm not going to force you, but the invitation is available to you to belong. Do you want to belong. What happens when we belong? Well, when the first point is when we belong, we will become. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God 
in Christ Jesus. He made him to be sin to, who knew no sin. So Jesus didn't know sin. He was perfect. And it says he made him to be sin. So he took on our sinful condition. The wrath of God, we don't like to talk about that, but the wrath of God was poured out onto Jesus so that if we accept this invitation, guess what? It's not poured out on us. That's what it's saying. The wrath of God will be poured out, but it won't be poured out on those who accept this invitation. Okay? So this is what he's saying. Those who didn't, he didn't know no sin, but he came and he took on our sin so we could become the righteousness of God. We could become, we could identify with, we can, we can come align with, right? So I have Pastor Cody, he's gonna come on up. A little visual, because Pastor Ben really set the precedence here, so I'm, you know, mine's not as good as him, but I, it'll grow, okay, relax. Okay, here we go. So this is us. Now, let me tell you this. Um, you're not a sinner because you, you, know, you, you just cuss somebody out or whatever, or you got mad at your family member at Christmas, like, oh, I'm a sinner. No, you're not a sinner because you sin, you sin because we are all born sinners, Right? In Romans, it says the word sin 42 times. Only one of them is it an actual verb, which is an action. The other ones, it's, it's a noun. It's your nature. It's what you're born into. Um, I have a two-year-old, a 10-month-old, and I have a four-year-old nephew and a two-year-old niece. And so Christmas, um, as you can imagine, it became just, you know, the WWE SmackDown, right? They all wanted to play with each other's gifts. You ever see that? One would open a gift, like, that's mine, boom, you know? And, you know... And, and so it's just everyone's fighting for each other's toys. It's like, that's mine. It's like, no, it's not real. That's theirs. And he's like, no, that's mine. And everyone's arguing. It's chaos. And we're like, we love this so much. You're like, you know, parents, we haven't slept in like a month, you know. But this, this is, it, it's showing you that it's actually within our nature to be self, selfish and self-serving. It, it, it's, we are born into sin. So what we would say, the theological term is sin is imputed into you which means it's a part of who you are without you having any part to play in it. When Adam sinned in the garden, guess what? We are now all born into sin. So before we accept Jesus, this is us. So when God looks at us, it's, it's sin. We, can't, we can't, can't do anything to, to change it. We can try to be good and I gotta just, if I be better and go to church, then I, I'll get rid of this sin and I'll, wait, I'll outweigh my bad deeds with my good deeds. Doesn't work. There's only one way to get rid of this. It's putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And when you do, you are justified. Come on. This is good. The word justification means this. Just as, I like to put it in simplified terms, just as if you never sinned. It's a legal term. It's a legal term where the judge is saying, you're acquitted. All the things that you did and past, present, and future, I no longer see it. You're, you're, you're forgiven. Now, the beautiful thing about justification is we stop usually at the forgiveness of sins, Right? Jesus forgives my sins. This is what it would look like if just Jesus forgave our sins. We'd just be white. So the sins removed, we're forgiven. But what would that make us? It would make us morally neutral. So then if it's just about forgiveness of sins, then guess what? Now that you're wiped away your past sins and all that, now you have to now keep up with trying to live righteous and because you're morally, you're morally neutral. It's, you're not, you haven't been given any, you're just, it's forgiven. You know, I, I like to use this analogy. Let's say you were in school, right? And you failed every class. I know this isn't any of you here today. Um, you failed every class, but your teacher came up and says, not only are they gonna say, we're gonna forgive all your Fs so you can restart. That's what forgiveness is. You can restart from the beginning and retake the classes. This is what 2 Corinthians is saying though. He's saying he who knew no sin, he didn't have that nature, took on that nature so that we can become what? 
the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So justification is not just the forgiveness of sins, but just as sin is imputed into us without us understanding, righteousness is now accredited to us and imputed into us. So we are not morally neutral, but we are actually given the character and the, and the merits of Jesus Christ. So this is actually what it looks like when we receive Jesus. We just see Jesus. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see just someone who's a morally neutral person. He sees Jesus, he sees the cross, and he sees the righteousness of God. He's in right standing with God. This is what justification, salvation actually means. So when I belong to God and I become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, this is what it means. That in your spirit, in the very center of who you are, it's now looking at you and everything you've done, even past, present, and future, God looks at you through the lens of the cross. All the wrath that was stored up for you as a sinner, someone who rejected Jesus, was poured out on Jesus Christ on the cross. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Guess what? You deserved wrath. Romans chapter two says that on the day of judgment, wrath will be poured out on those who do not believe. So when we believe, guess where it was poured out on? The cross. And he doesn't see us as someone who's just good and moral. Well, I'm just, I'm gonna earn it now. No, 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 you can't earn this. You can't. But it's a benefit of belonging. When you belong, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I become, so when they see me, I, he sees Jesus. So in that analogy of our grades, right? It's not just forgiven, but this, wouldn't this be awesome? The teacher says, not only am I gonna forgive all of your Fs because you failed, you're the problem, you're not the solution, right? <laughs> I'm going to give you the grades of the person who has A pluses across the board and they are accredited to you. So when I look at your report card, I see straight A's. You didn't earn it. You didn't do it. You just, all you have to say is, do you want it? Some of us are like, no, 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 I can't receive that. Can't do that. I got to earn it myself. And, they're gonna, and the teacher's going to look back at you, which is God, and he's going to say, yeah, yeah, you tried that. Okay? Now I'm all for working hard, okay, please. It's an oversimplification of it, so understand this, right? You tried that. It didn't work because you are the problem, not the solution. We want to be the solution. Why? Because we can give ourselves credit. Because whatever the solution is, is what you'll be a servant to. So we want to be the solution so we can still serve our self-destructive patterns. So I can find things in my life that will be the solution to my issues. Guess what? I now serve that more than I serve Jesus. We've made membership of church more important than being a membership of Christ. Church will be the thing that I do to try to keep up and earn this. You can't earn this unless you receive it by faith. So when God looks at you, everything you deserved is poured out on Jesus on the cross. This is crazy. Now, there's two types of wrath. There's the passive wrath of God. Now, that's scarier, I think, than the... We'll talk about the passive wrath of God is Romans one, where he allows you to live in your self-destructive patterns. He takes it, God's saying, I'm not going to force you to do anything. So some of us, we think I'm getting away with it. I'm the solution. I figured it out. No, really what it's saying is God's taken his hands off and allowed you to live your life. God's not going to force it. But the active wrath of God, like I've said, is actually stored up for us in eternity if we do not believe. But when we believe, it's, this is why the bad news is so important. 
because it makes the good news that much better. That the wrath we deserved, Christ did not deserve it. We are not the victims in this story. We are the villains. Christ is the victim. Why? He took everyone else's sin, punishment, pain that he did not deserve. He was perfect. He who knew no sin. He didn't know sin. He, didn't become, he became it for you and for me. So we could what? Become, when we belong to him, become this. When we belong, you will become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, can we give it up for how good God is, Cody? You can. Christ's obedience, Christ's character, Christ's life is it attributed to me and to you. That's, that's pretty crazy. Now, this is the two sides. This is the second side of the coin, though. So some of us were like, yes, I belong to Jesus. I'm saved. I'm going to go do what I want. Woo! Going to heaven. <laughs> the keys to the kingdom are not for you to, to control access. It's for you to enjoy access. We like to control access to the kingdom. But once you enter the kingdom, guess what? It's now available to you. You've got to enjoy it, but you can't control it. You're not in control anymore. So not only do we become the righteousness of God, the second thing that happens when we belong is we'll, we'll never stop becoming. Now it seems, well, we already became. How can we be coming? What happens in your spirit with the righteousness of God now will be taking manifest in your heart, in your mind, your thinking, your living, your personality. We're going to go deeper into this next week. This is where we're going to transition. We're going to set it up for next week. Next week, we're going to talk about what, what are we becoming? How do we become? But I want to, this is the second point for today. When you belong, not only do you become the righteousness of God, but you will always be becoming. Romans 1, 7 says this, to all who are in Rome, who are loved by God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from our God, the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, called to be saints. Another way, what saints means is to be set apart. Called to be set apart. Sanctification is the next part we'll talk about next week, really means this, to be set apart. God has called us as believers to be set apart. Why did we talk about belonging, though? Because if we talk about becoming first, guess what? We think our becoming determines our belonging. If I do these things, then I belong to Jesus. No, 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 no. We have to establish right believing before we talk about behavior. Why? Because it's actually who we are in God, that we belong to God, that makes becoming even possible. If you don't understand the revelation and accept the revelation that you become the righteousness of God and you belong to Jesus, guess what? Your becoming will be futile. If we make our becoming the focus, my behavior the focus, guess what? We can do all the right things, yet never become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But if we become and we accept this and we belong, guess what? Now it makes it possible to be transformed from the inside out. The reason why Jesus was so countercultural is because culture likes to work from the outside in. Jesus was saying, I work from the inside out. So they were saying, if I can control and regulate my behavior and do this, then every, and that's why he says, you are whitewashed tombs. You look good, but you're dead. You look like death, you smell like death, but yet yeah, you're dead, all right? Because I don't work from the outside in. I work from the inside out. So your belonging produces becoming. 
Your becoming doesn't necessarily produce belonging. You can do religious actions and say, I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming. But if you don't actually accept who you belong to, I belong to Jesus. And because I belong to Jesus, I can become more like Jesus. I become him in my spirit, but then my thinking should begin to be changed. My actions should begin to be changed. I know you took a personality test and we like to say, well, that's just who I am. Myers-Briggs told me so. Enneagram told me so. What does Jesus say about who you are? I'm not really concerned about who you are. I wanna, we, we should be concerned about who he is. We shouldn't accept the broken areas of our thinking and say that this is what it, no. Becoming is God transforming those areas that were once broken by self-destructive patterns in our life and he heals them into the patterns of his life. It's always happening. Saints means to be set apart. Guess what? When you belong to Jesus, this is gonna blow you away. Ready? When you belong to Jesus, he gets to tell you what doesn't belong in you. This is where we get it wrong today, and I do it myself. When we read the Bible, we like to tell God what doesn't belong in the Bible. That's yeah. not how it works. Oh, I know, that, that, that hurt. I get it, it hurt me too, okay? We like to read the Bible and be like, God, I don't think that you meant that. That doesn't belong there. Like, it's kind of outdated, you know? He's not like speaking in modern terms. That's not how this works. When I belong to Jesus, guess what? He gets to decide what belongs in me. That's what conviction is. That's what repentance is. Repentance and faith are a one-time act to receive justification, but then it's a lifetime of living that way to continue to walk and becoming. We're gonna talk about how, like becoming more next week. I'm excited for it. And we're gonna, I, I, I don't wanna give it away. We're gonna do it next week. We've got to understand that we are no longer in control of deciding what belongs in our life and what doesn't belong. Christ is. So that unforgiveness that you're holding on to, guess what? Christ in his word tells you that doesn't belong in you anymore. It doesn't fit. It's going to hinder you from becoming. That doesn't belong anymore. And guess what? It's not a matter of striving to try to fix it. It's a matter of repentance is I align my confession with what you say belongs, not what I say belongs. So God, I want what you say belongs in my life. I am not going to settle with who I am or who I think I am. And I'm going to pursue who you are and who you called me to be. So when we read the Bible, when we read his word, and God convicts us. We shouldn't be like, ah, God, I don't think that belongs anymore. A little outdated, my friend. No, because God, we think we are the solution there. It's saying, I don't even understand how I'm gonna deal with that. But I have faith that you'll take it out of me. That's what it says, that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword separating between bone and marrow and joint, right? And, and spirit and soul, it separates, it cuts deep. In context of that scripture in Philippians, it's talking about removing unbelief. So what it's saying is the word is so sharp that sometimes it will remove unbelief without you realizing it. You just have to have faith that the word is working. Yeah. 
Gotta have faith. The word's working when I don't feel it. Right? So when you read your daily devotional, it's like, man, that didn't make me feel good today. It was kind of, That doesn't mean you're not hearing from God. It means you have to have faith that God's doing a deeper work. Right? Sometimes when you get cut, it cuts the nerves so, so sharply that you actually don't feel the initial cut. But then once you see what happened, you actually will see the results of what was cut out of your life. That's how the word works sometimes. We may not feel the initial cut that it removes some unbelief. But then the next time we face that family member that we cannot stand, we don't want to admit it to anyone else on Instagram. We're like, best friends. But, uh, you know, we know. Right? When we face that family member, when we used to just go crazy, now it's like, I actually love them. I don't know what happened. That's how faith works sometimes. It working without you understanding that it's working. That's becoming. So not only do we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but now we get the opportunity to be becoming. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 1. And this is where I finish. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. We talked about that in long length. We don't need to go over it again. I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. That's his identity. I'm called to be an apostle. That's his responsibility. Then he says this, I'm set apart. Same word as sanctification. I'm set apart for the gospel. That's his uh, becoming. Why do I need to become more and more like Jesus? Because it actually is for the very good news that you're preaching. Because imagine this, that we preach a God who transforms us, yet we are never living transformed. We preach a God who sets us free, but we live bound. We preach a God that gets us out of our self-destructive patterns, yet we continue to willfully choose to live in the self-destructive patterns. We preach a God that brings unity amongst believers, yet we're more divided. We preach a God that transforms our thinking to where we're not, we are set apart. Church, we get to become the righteousness of God. And it's just as much of a pleasure to be becoming. We should enjoy it. We should enjoy it. Because belonging is the greatest gift that Christ gave us because there's so many layers to this. We could go on for weeks to how you belong. You are a son and a daughter of God. So that means you actually belong to a new family. Jesus is your older brother, it says in Hebrews. He's the better older brother. So if your older brother is terrible, guess what? You got a better one in Jesus. He's, God is your father. The Holy Spirit is the one who's removing and saying, hey, get this out of here. Come on, let's be in relationship with the father. Let's, be, let's, let's realign ourselves. We get the spirit of adoption. That's incredible. We get to store up reward, not wrath in heaven. Get this. Unbelievers store up wrath for eternity. If we just continue to reject Jesus, I know that's not like it happens. That's what the Bible says. But it also says believers store up reward. We're going to finish with that next week. But heavenly reward is a real thing. And it's not what we think it is. But there's a beauty in belonging. Can we stand to our feet today? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.